Dr. Gary was going to show up looking dapper. So I almost put on my, my, my nice sweatshirt. <laughs> Dr. Gary, where are you right now? You're, not in, my office. Office. you're yeah. in your office at home or are you at your office office? In my office office. Oh, that a boy. I know. Are you guys seeing patients? Are you guys taking yeah. patients? You are. I'm, I'm an essential, uh, I'm an essential employee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not doing liposuction. <laughs> but, uh, I'm seeing some, you know, some regular dermatology patients because people are having a lot of issues with all the stress. Is stress the big thing that's going to be causing like these issues or is it just, um, lack of getting outside, lack of, you know, uh, vitamin D, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, is it everything yes. combined or just all of it? It's interesting about all this because something feels off. And when I say that, like, um, I have the ability, I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping longer than I have been because I, I, I went from waking up at four, between four and five to now waking up between 6.30 and seven. I'm working as hard as I've worked, you know, when I'm, when I'm in the city. Um, something's off though. So if I measured your cortisol levels before this started, even when you were stressed to the max, I bet they're higher now than they were before. Because just the internal because we all internalize just the internal stress that we feel because you turn on the news, you read the newspaper, you know, like, you know, you had, I, I listened to your podcast, you laid off your employees. You know, I laid off my, some of my employees. I get it. It's stressful, but people are dying. Yeah. You know, like I have a friend who's a dermatologist, whose nephew who's 34 years old was intubated for nine days, 34 year old guy, two little kids this close to death. There's also something to be said that like, we're all in it together. So I think the stress is different. Like I'm not that stressed. Am I stressed about my club? A little, like, there's just nothing I can, like my landlord, yeah. me. Out of your control. Yeah. There's just, it's out of my control. Like I have like 99% of my revenue shut down right now at, at my club. Like, how am I going to pay my landlord? Like, I get it. It's I'm in the same boat. It's like, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, yeah. You know, people say we're all in it together, but there's some people that are doing better than others. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why no. I don't want to complain. I'm just, I wish I could do more. And Don and I were speaking with, uh, you know, a doctor not too long ago. And I'm like, I just, what can I do? And he's like, stay home. And I'm like, oh, okay. But it's like, you feel like, a, you know, worthless because you're not physically doing something. Dr. Gary, I, you know, I've been, uh, you know, we've quarantined ourselves in my house. I've got my gym that I have behind me that I've been doing this all day with, but you know, I, um, you know, I go for car rides with my wife and kids and you know, that that's fine. And, but I am going to the grocery store every like, you know, three days, four days type of thing. And I'm not in contact with anyone. I wear a mask. Is that still stupid for me to be doing? Do you follow me? No. Like the second I get in the car, there's hand sanitizer. The second I get Those home, are, I'm all of these are right things that you're doing. Right. That's right. what I'm Darth doing. Vader mask. It's not like a, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a ski mask joke. like this sunglasses and a hat and a hoodie when I go shopping and we're not, we're not at high risk because you know, there was a study just came out. We can talk about this, about obesity being the highest risk factor for, for getting really sick with COVID-19 okay. and how important nutrition is because i know you guys talk about that a lot but zach one thing that i think you're wrong about you know i think what you guys and, and don also because i watch your videos on on instagram what you're doing is actually helping people because when people listen to your podcast and the positive message it's going to resonate with them so i think that what you guys are doing is actually helpful yeah you're not a doctor a nurse you're not in the hospital but it's not just about that it's just about people feeling normal Right. right. So, 
So, so, so if someone that's very, I mean, and, and listen, a lot of it has to come down to your immune system, right? Like if you, if someone who's incredibly healthy comes in contact with someone who has it and someone who's not healthy, obviously the person who's not as healthy is at, or is at higher risk. Correct. But I still think that there's things that people aren't doing, like they're staying home, but you know, why are they drinking so much? Why are they eating? You know, everyone's eating like complete crap. Like they're doing things that could be working against their immune system. Like, what are your thoughts on that? So as far as, you know, this virus is very contagious. So if two people are in contact with somebody who is contagious, one has a weak immune system, one has a strong immune system. Yes. The person with a compromised immune system is more likely to get the infection. But what's even more important is they're more likely to have a much more, much worse case of the infection. Those are the people that are getting intubated. They're the ones that are dying. Right. Or somebody with a strong immune system, even though they may have the virus, they may feel like the 25% are, that are asymptomatic or the patients that have a little bit of a cold-like symptom, but they feel fine otherwise. As far as nutrition, it's very interesting you said that because, you know, when this first started a month ago, my wife said to me, go to the supermarket, buy pasta, okay? Like we eat pasta in my house maybe like once a month maybe twice a month. Okay. And all of my patients are gluten sensitive and gluten allergic. All of a sudden there's no pasta anywhere to be had. Like all of a sudden, all these people forgot about all of the, the things that they were doing that were the right things to do. And the only things that are available in the supermarket are the things that are good for you. Like, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I've had no problem. I've had no problem getting, like, I've been going every two, three days or whatever it is. And I've been picking out fresh fruits, like organic blueberries, raspberries, pineapples, like, like I have access to this. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm going to the supermarket once or twice a week also. and just getting fresh produce. Cause that's, you want to talk about your immune system. That's what you should be eating. As far as alcohol, you know, it does lower your immune system, but if you have a little bit of red wine, it probably is good for you. It probably does boost your immune system. That's been shown in multiple studies. Awesome. So a little bit of red wine is not bad. Well, my thing is this, are you really shocked that, that, this, uh, that this has caused alcohol sales to spike? Because I'm not. People drink no. in America drink a lot anyhow. So the fact that they're not having to go to work um, and they're just not as... And they're stressed. They're stressed and they're not as aware or they just don't care. Like, like I, I mean... I don't know. I'm not shocked. I think, you know, marijuana sales were up. My buddy was telling in Denver was telling me the same thing. And then now there's a connection between, um, you know, yeah. So it's like, Oh, is there, so, so to, can you, can you speak something for, for our, our pot smokers out there? What are they, uh, what are they in risk of? So I don't know if there's as much evidence for smoking marijuana, but smoking anything, vaping, cigarettes, anything that irritates your respiratory system, is going to make it more likely for you to have a, a worse case of COVID if you get it than not. Smokers do worse, and it doesn't matter what you're inhaling because it irritates your 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 respiratory system for sure. When someone's obese or they're smoking, aren't they kind of in the same boat anyway? That they're are, they're already susceptible to these things, whereas people that are are eating healthier and, and, and more mindful of what they're doing are going to be in a better position to overcome it. So it's interesting you said that because there's all this evidence from our point of view, from dermatology point of view about um, skin cancer and also wrinkles, you know, just looking older than you normally would advanced aging. And they're all associated with bad behaviors, drinking too much alcohol, smoking tobacco, getting too much sun, being overweight. All of these things are associated because if you're going to have one bad habit, like smoking 
Camels or Marlboros, and I'm not picking the those particular brands, but whatever it is that you're smoking or vaping, you're likely going to drink more. You're going to likely fry in the sun. You're going to eat you know, poor, poor, poor nutritious foods because all of these bad behaviors go together where somebody who's going to exercise, you know, who's going to, you know, be on point with their nutrition, they're more likely to holistically do everything better. And, you know, from that point of view, so people are asking about obesity and why people with obesity do worse. When you're obese or you're malnourished, and I don't mean malnourished, like you don't get enough nutrition. We have the opposite type of malnourishment in the U.S. And actually, in, in most of the developed world, where people are overweight or obese, your body's in constant inflammatory state, right? So you're producing cortisol in those fat cells are stimulating it your insulin resistance is, is high. So your body's inflammation is at a higher rate than somebody who is not overweight or obese. And the way that COVID kills people, at least what we think about, it, think now is that it's not just the infection itself, it's the way your body responds to the infection. So when people are, so people have an over inflammatory, over inflammatory state, and their lungs develop something called pneumonitis, which is not my area of expertise, but my, my rudimentary understanding from medical training is that it's just inflammation of the lung itself. So imagine you're already in a high inflammatory state because you're malnourished, obese, hypertensive, diabetic, you know, drink too much, smoke, whatever it is that you're smoking, and you get this, your body's gonna be at a different response rate because you're already here, it's like Spinal Tap. You guys are too young to remember Spinal Tap. But you, I'm not. You're not. This one goes to 11. to 11. Turn that shit up to right? 11. Remember turning it up to 11? Oh, yeah. So you're, I mean, it's not a joke because people are dying, but their inflammatory response <clears throat> is turned up to 11 because their baseline is not one or two. Their baseline is six, seven, eight, nine. And that's why nutrition is so important. It's more important now than ever. You know, you take the typical you know, person on wall street who, you know, I would sit and have a conversation with and they're like, listen, I got to entertain three, four nights a week. I got to be out. I, you know, I have to a couple cocktails and then you're sitting there trying to manage the process. No one has this anymore. There's no entertaining. We will, we'll, we'll probably never be in this type of environment again, where literally no one has been to a restaurant for the last five weeks. To, to at least sit down and have a meal. Yet drinking is up. <laughs> it's like, what is, do it at home. I, I, I know, but it's like, I think people say that they want to do something, they, but, they, but they really don't. I mean, there, there is, listen, it's not always easy. You've got to sacrifice going and hitting the bottle. But you know, so I priorities have, though, dude. Like you have those clients that are entertaining. I have those patients, right? They come in and they're, they're losing their hair or they don't like the way their skin looks, their psoriasis or acne are flaring. And I'm like, well, what are you eating? And they're like, well, I eat well, other than the fact that Monday through Thursday, I'm out with clients. So I tell them something that I learned from a patient of mine who's a nutritionist. He said, don't even bother opening the menu, order a green salad dressing on the side and steamed fish and vegetables. Because every restaurant you're going to go to is going to have that option for you. But a lot of these guys, you know, they're like, you know, they rise fast and then they fall fast. And you see this, I see this all the time. I see 50 year old men and women that are, you know, in these high flying jobs that look like they're 10 years older than they are. Mm -hmm. You know, their skin looks terrible. They have wrinkles everywhere. 
you know, they feel, you know, there's, they're just, they just feel bad. And it's part of it is lifestyle and lifestyle modification is part of what's going to improve your overall health. Now that I'm able to wake up without an alarm, I lost the bags under my eyes. I'm seeing things in my skin starting to tighten up and you're suddenly sitting there going, Holy shit, this really does work. <laughs> you know, it's like sometimes once you, once you actually go through it, it's motivating. Then you're like, all right, well, you know, I, I've known this my whole life. I've just never actually experienced it. So I, I've had a, I've had a whoop for about two years. So I measure my sleep every, every night. Like mm-hmm. it's the first thing that I check in the morning when I wake up every day. So like it used to be if I'm working or I'm out traveling for business, whatever, I'd have a few red recoveries every week, right? You guys know, how that, I'm sure you know how this works, right? So red is like, you're not sleeping well. Now, every two weeks, I'm like a red recovery. I'm like, oh my God, why am I getting a red recovery? But I still internally, I still feel stressed mm-hmm. because my patients are calling me. They can't come and see me. You know, their, their, their psoriasis is flaring. They're, acne is flaring they're losing their hair there's uncertainty right Right. there's uncertainty and even you know i feel very fortunate because i'm on the upper east side of manhattan so my patient population are are the people who are not waiting for the paycheck you know from the government they're they're fine financially most of them at least are so they're lucky in that way but they have businesses they you know they're responsible for hundreds or thousands of people's livelihood because that's the business that they're in and no matter what it is, you're going to feel stress mm-hmm. and it's going to play a number on your skin. So I've had all of these patients calling me, asking me because their hair is falling out, right? Just as an example. And there's a scientific explanation for this. There's a condition called telogen effluvium, which is stress-related hair loss. Because when your body is stressed, you know, it's going to shut all the nutrients to your eyes, your brain, you know, your kidneys, your lungs, your heart, vital organs, you know, your hair is going to get the shaft, no pun intended. It's going to fall out. So there's so many things that are happening that we're not aware of. And maybe it does seem like, you know, petty for people to complain about it when people are dying, but it's normal. It's normal human nature. Cause you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, just like in your business, Don and Zach, you also, you want to like what you see because there's something called a biofeedback loop. When you see something that you like in the mirror, your mental health is going to be better. Mm-hmm. Right, you look bad, you're more likely to be depressed. Right, depression and mental health right now is crucial. Crucial. So many people are going to be depressed after this. I mean, I I, I talked to a patient on a psychiatrist, and I told him I said I think I'm going to have PTSD after this. Right, not to make light of this condition because it's you know veterans, people who've been you know experienced shootings and you know real physical trauma get it. But mentally, I feel like we're as a society are going to have this kind of a hangover, you know, mental health issue. That's why I think looking good and feeling good is so, so connected. What's, um, what's your opinion when, when, when this all, cause you know, this is all going to pass. What I'm nervous about is suddenly what the governor is going to turn around one day and just say, all right, everyone, we can start making our way back to work. And now the Long Island Railroad is going to have eight, you know, 4 million people commuting in from Long Island. And then what's going to happen? Like there's still going to be some people who are carrying people are going to start getting re-exposed to this. And are we going to be back in that same boat? I mean, like, what do you, what's your, what's your opinion on this? Well, hopefully we have some herd immunity, right? So hopefully enough people, if 25 to 30% of the population that is exposed to the virus doesn't have any symptoms. So you take a third of the population that's had it already. And maybe it's more because if, if you look at the numbers of people that have had it, 
it's probably a small percentage of the actual number because we're not testing enough. We can't test enough. A, we don't have the test. B, your doctor says, if you feel mild symptoms, just stay at home, right? You don't need to go to the hospital. Just take care of yourself. It's like the flu will pass. It's only the people who are really sick that are getting tested. So we'll have some herd immunity. In Manhattan, like a lot of people left for their summer houses, they're not coming back until September. Mm -hmm. So, and that's probably happening in a lot of places where people went somewhere more remote and they're going to stay there. If they are able to work from, you know, from home, they're going to stay there. Kids are no longer in school, probably until September. So that's going to cut down on the number of people on the train, like your example. Otherwise, we're just going to have to be careful. I mean, it's going to, this is going to stay with us until we have a <laughs> vaccine. And I'm optimistic that we'll have a vaccine this year. Once we have a vaccine, this whole thing is going to be over. It seems like we should extend this as much as nobody really wants it to go on any longer than it has to. Uh, what, what do you think? Is that incorrect? Well, I think that um, this is more of like a, this is more of a, I guess, a political or a governmental question. From a medical point of view, I think if we have a treatment that works and we have a vaccine that's in the works and people continue to practice hygiene, we probably can slowly get back to normal at some point, right? So in New York City, in New York State, they're waiting for the curve to start kind of sloping down. And once it hasn't happened yet, right? It hasn't happened yet. Right now, we just kind of flattened it. But if you look at, so if you look at number of deaths, they're going to lag behind the actual cases. But the number of people getting admitted to the hospital is decreasing. So things are improving as slow as they are. But eventually, our immune system is going to learn. And those of us that have stronger immune systems are obviously going to do better. So I think this is the time to kind of recharge your immune system. So when you are ready to go out, you're in the best shape possible. I don't mean shape like you are, um, you know, the way you look, but your immune system is in the best shape possible to protect yourself. We all want to be re uh, optimistic, but we also need to be realistic, right? So my, my, my thing is this. As, and that's what I was saying. As much as this is not fun, if the suggestion from medical professionals are uh, open things up, then I'm going to be like, okay, you know, yeah, but, if, if, but if they're not, then I'm going to be like, okay, nope. Uh, um, Look, if, if, if the National Institute of Health, CDC, and all these government agencies, health-related agencies are saying, do not go out, right. I don't care what anyone tells me, yeah. right? I'm going to stay home. So hopefully there'll be some coordination and it'll be a slow process. What's going to really help is there's some tests that are coming, um, coming online that are going to be able to test your, your antibody test to see if you had the virus. Because if you've had the virus, if you have something called IgG, which is long-term immunity antibodies to COVID-19, it's safer for you to go out. Because even if you get re-exposed, you should have some immunity to this particular virus. So hopefully that's going to come online soon. And I know that there's some tests that are ready that are available now. In fact, one of my patients today was telling me that she just ordered some kits for this test for her family because they want to know whether they have it or not, or they've had it or not. So they can sort of figure out how much, how careful they need to be. But one thing that was shocking to me, um, it, you know, when this, this thing got started, all of a sudden everyone started talking about washing their hands. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what were you doing before? You're going to have to be some cultural adjustments. I don't want to shake hands, by the way, ever again. I, I hate shaking hands. I've always hated shaking hands. Uh, I'm glad. I hope it goes away. 
You know, it's, I understand culturally it is, you know, when you shake someone's hand and you look them in the eyes, I know there's something to be said about that, but I just, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm almost, I'm not nervous to shake someone's hands in the sense of I'm going to get, well, right now, obviously I am, but you know, a year from now, I'm just more nervous about their, their response. Human interaction is part of our human experience. And I think that there's so much good that comes from that as far as mental health and physical health that I I don't think we're going to do away with it. You know, people say, Oh, now everyone's going to be working from home and never flying for meetings, et cetera, et cetera. It's not happening. Maybe there'll be a reduction, but I agree with you, Don. I think shaking somebody's hand and looking them in the eye, you're more likely to get somewhere as opposed to having an interaction like this. I'm just happy we're not in the studio because you guys are giants. No way I can get so, I can get oh. huge. <laughs> but, but on one hand, but on one hand, you're saying that, that these cultural uh, shifts are not going to either last or, or, or take hold, but then we're saying that we need to uh, get better nutrition and, and hopefully they learn from that. So why would somebody learn one thing, but not the other? Well, I think it's temporary. I think, you know, like always, when you have a situation like this, you would hope that people would take the best things and leave the worst things. You know, humans are like, and this has been proven in history, it's like this, right? So something happens and all of a sudden we say, okay, we're all gonna do this thing now together. And then as, a, as the further away we get from it, the, the less of it we do. It's like the financial crisis in 2008. Everyone said, okay, that's it. I'm not having any more credit card debt. I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. And all of a sudden, Slowly but surely, we started doing those things again. So this is like a reset. And like every reset, I just hope we take the positives, like importance of your health, importance of your family's health, staying positive, nutrition, all of these things that are, that are good for you. And maybe, you know, wash your hands more than you, you did before. So I have, well, not like, uh, it, never, it didn't really start out this way, but I'm not shaving my beard or cutting my hair, obviously. Uh, but... It's my, I know. Well, look, I can't, I've never looked worse and I, I totally am. I'm okay with this, but, and my wife seems to like it. I don't get how she's insane, but, <clears throat> but when I go out, uh, is my beard now like germ central for this? Like, should I get home and wash it? Do, like, should I be washing my hair anytime I go out every day? Like, should I, do I need to ramp these things up or is that we, something we, that's. We don't know. And we don't know if people with beards are more likely to get, an infection, this one, or any other infection. Because if somebody's talking to you and a little bit of their respiratory fluid flies and hits you on your beard, it's gonna sit there for longer than maybe than, than your skin. So I think now, especially when you come home, wash your hands, wash your face. Yes. Wash your hands first and wash your face. But I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's as likely to stay like there are all of these stories that you read about, you know, COVID stays on your shoes for two weeks. Well, you're not like licking your shoes. You're not putting your shoe next to your face and breathing it in. Right. So, you know, these things may or may not be as important as long as, again, as long as you wash your, as long as you wash your hands. And that's, that's really important, obviously. Can I ask a question about that though? Is, is it like, can we overdo it? Like are people washing their hands to the point where like they're stripping everything and then they have like, I don't know, just raw skin just claws for hands. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I 100%. Don't know. I've actually done a few stories on this for uh, some beauty magazines and I've seen uh, a number of patients that have called me with, you know, we're doing telemedicine consults. We're like, you know, we're doing the, a call like this basically mm-hmm. so I can manage it without seeing them in the office. 
And so many patients, whether they had eczema or psoriasis before, just regular skin, their hands are chapped or dry, they're red because they're washing their hands, you know, instead of 20, 30 times a day, which is what I normally would wash my hands, they're washing them 50, 100 times a day. So some things that you can do is obviously continue to wash your hands. Make sure you're not using super, super hot water, just lukewarm. Warm water is enough. And then just moisturize. Have a, a light lotion next to your sink during the day so you can just put that on and your hands are not gonna be super greasy. But then before you go to bed, use something that is greasy like Aquaphor, Vaseline, something that has a lot of or oil. If you like just regular oil, you can just put regular coconut oil, olive oil, something greasy and put on some gloves. And that's gonna really help you with, it, with your hands. The other um, trick I have for patients is, you know, sometimes you wash your hands so much that they get cracks. You guys heard about this? Their skin just cracks, right? You could use crazy glue. You could put crazy glue right in the cracks of your hands and it will just kind of seal it so it doesn't get infected. But yeah, to your point, you can't overdo it. But mm. you just, you got to put moisture back in. And drinking water is very important. I think most dermatologists will tell you that water is irrelevant to skin hydration. And I think they're completely wrong. Right. You have to drink water because if your body's dehydrated, your skin's going to be dehydrated also. I've never heard of any de uh, dermatologist saying that, that it's irrelevant. Well, a lot of times people will say, well, water doesn't, you know, drinking water is not going to improve your skin's hydration. Yes, if you drink, you know, six glasses of water a day and you go to 10 glasses, your skin's hydration is probably going to be the same. But if you drink in one glass of water per day, mm -hmm. if you're really dehydrated, then your skin's going to be dry also. So just have normal water intake. I never really hear many people right now talking about micronutrients, but you said it a little bit earlier on how, yeah, you got to have good nutrition in your body to be able to fight off disease. And Absolutely. So can you talk about so, that? Yeah. So, so I think gut health is paramount. So, you know, I actually have a supplement that is for, for leaky gut. And unfortunately, there's not a real good test for it, but I think a lot more people have it. So I, and I believe that it all comes from eating processed foods. Some of the things that I recommend regularly are um, probiotics, right? Fresh fruits and vegetables, very important. Limiting dairy, especially if it's not organic. Making sure if you're going to eat meat, poultry, make sure it's organic, antibiotic-free, hormone-free, and then something that I started doing recently and I've had my patients doing is oil pooling. You guys know about this? What is it? Oil pooling. No, I've never heard of it. Take a teaspoon of like coconut oil or olive oil and it's the first thing that goes into your mouth. You yes, put it in for a I have heard of it. Yeah. And then you swallow it. And the idea is that overnight we get some bacteria that build up in our mouth. You want to actually swallow it as opposed to brush your teeth and sanitize it and kill it because evolutionary maybe that bacteria is there for a reason, right? So that's what I've had my patients do now as part of building up their, their gut microbiome. As far as, you know, nutrition goes, it's the same story. No fat diets, just balanced diets of healthy proteins, you know, more fish, lots of fruits and vegetables, and I think less grain and more grains and more seeds. I think those are things that all of us can do easily it's actually, if you think about it, it's actually less expensive mm -hmm. to eat less animal protein. Because mm -hmm. you go to the supermarket, meat's expensive, right? People are struggling. Grains, grains are fairly cheap. 
But the problem is that the food that's really bad for you, the packaged food, the processed food is the cheapest. And that's part of the reason why we have so much obesity and malnutrition and bad health. What about um, the one thing that I have been noticing that I haven't had great access to is, is really, really good fish. And that's something I'm always a little <clears throat> paranoid about. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very particular on where my fish is sourced from. Um, you know, the markets have some fish in there, but it's just not, that's not as much of a variety. And I think maybe if it's there, I'm a little skeptical about, you know, how it's being handled. Now, when you say processed foods, do you mean like my kids are eating healthy cereals? Would you, would you consider that more of a processed food or if it doesn't have all that crap in it, it's more of like a, a gluten-free organic or some nutritionists have a problem with that. I'm just curious to get your opinion. Yeah, on. I think, I think organic is okay. Look, my kids are also eating cereal. You know, we, we try to buy organic cereal that has low sugar. That's the mm -hmm. one thing that we look at. Mm -hmm. So, and they're drinking organic milk. It's part of their normal American kid breakfast, right? Mm -hmm. Try to give them some fruit also uh, in that breakfast. But I think that's okay. Processed food, but would I, would I prefer if they had something fresh? Yes, it's just not always possible. But if right. you're eating bags of potato chips all day long, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's your everything that you eat comes from a microwavable dinner. You know, if 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 something that you buy has a shelf life of six months, you probably don't want to put it into your body because it's going to have so many chemicals put into that food so that it doesn't spoil. That it's it's not going to be great for you. And historically, if you think about it, why do we, how do we get here? We got here because people were starving after the second world war there you couldn't get food to the supermarkets without it being spoiled so right. we had all of the inventions to keep food fresh that people could eat and they didn't die of starvation very few people in this country die of starvation now they're dying of too much food they're not dying of too little food so right. you know try to eat as clean as possible and it's okay to have doritos every now and again sure it's, sure it's, it's can't be the same of your diet. You know, you're talking about the, the food quality and, and what people are buying. And is that going to stem back to either what's readily available or because many people aren't paid enough to really afford good foods or, or do they yeah. just piss their money away on other stuff? And like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it this bigger problem? Look, why, you know, why do people eat McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell? It's cheap. It's cheap and it tastes good. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you have to, you know, you have to sort of acquire, all of us have to acquire a new taste. Okay. So I used to, I used to love eating red meat and foie gras and cheese and all this like really, really, you know, rich French sauce. I loved it. And then my cholesterol went up and because I have a, I have a family history of heart disease, I said, okay, I'm going to try to cut it out. And then last year I really cut it out. So now when I go out for steak, I'm like, you know what? it doesn't taste as good as I remember because I lost the taste for it. And I think if you're disciplined enough to say, okay, I'm going to have it once a month or twice a month, whatever it is, or you're going to say, I'm not going to have fast food. It's going to be like when we go on vacation once in a while, I'm going to just do drive through. I think you can acquire taste for other foods, but to your point, food that is not nutritious is usually much cheaper. It's much more expensive. Like a thing of organic strawberries like this in my supermarket is like eight bucks. Yeah. Right. I could have a whole meal for eight dollars if I go to fast food. Oh, fast easily. Food. Two meals. It's crazy. Right? You could fit your whole family. Like, crazy. You know, crazy. It's 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 you know, it's not nutritious and it's cheap. And that's the problem because we have this 
this it's a you know you would think that a larger meal would cost more and most places in the world it does but in this country we're so good at processing food that it becomes so inexpensive that a lot of people that don't have as much money or don't have as much education that's all they're eating and you know you go to a place where there's not a lot of things available sometimes it's the only food that's around right right so you know the system has to kind of adjust but people have to demand it because it's you know, it's, it's, it's uh, supply and demand. So if no one is buying, you know, processed food in a neighborhood, all those places are going to close. Right. So it's, it has to go both ways. You can't just have it, you know, for me personally, my opinion is if it comes from the top, it's like when they try to limit how big of a soda you could buy in New York city, people just bought two sodas. You know, there's always a workaround. It has to, it has to be the people that have to want it and then it has to be available. Hmm. Very good. Awesome. Right. That was it. That's all I got. I mean, there's a million more questions, but like, I, I'm going to, I got to process what we just talked about. Cause well, yeah, no, we, we can do it again one day. I mean, Dr. Gary, we love having you on. This has been, yeah, you're, one of the, you're one of the few guests that we brought back in twice. So, so I appreciate that. So we really appreciate Thank it. You guys. And and just stay safe. Beard, so that's cool. Yeah. Stay healthy. Stay safe and let me know when you get that face wash in, man. I, I'm, I'm purchasing next time, but that's the best stuff I've used. That and the moisturizer. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe, brother.